walking in that freedom. And this morning, I just want to share for a few minutes because I know time has gone on. But um, I don't think I've shared on Easter Sunday before, have I? I don't think I have, so this will be interesting. Um, I want to say something this morning. This has been a weekend of celebration. Hasn't it? In the Christian calendar for all of us. I don't know about you guys. I got up early on Friday morning. <laughs> I get very emotional when I'm talking about what Jesus has done for us. And this morning, you'll have to forgive me. But just to sit with him on Friday morning and thank him for Calvary. Thank him for that sacrifice. And I want to speak this morning because, you know, sometimes we take a lot of things for granted. Sometimes we become so familiar with things that we just forget the truth and the meaning in it. We forget the fullness of what it means. You know, I say to Pat every day, at least 10 times a day, I love you. Do I not, dear? Yeah. (laughs) But sometimes you forget the sentiment behind it. And sometimes it's good to stop and say, you know, I love you and talk and share your heart with somebody. And this morning, I want to just look at the cross. I know we're celebrating the resurrection this morning, and I'm going to talk a lot more, probably more about that. But this morning, I want us to acknowledge the sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus said at the Last Supper, we just saw it there, and he says, you know, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. In our Bibles, for those of you that don't know, some of you here might not know Jesus this morning. You have a Bible, you have an Old Testament and a New Testament. Another word for testament is covenant. So we have an Old Covenant and a New Covenant. And we find in the Old Covenant, man had fallen, man had sinned. We had turned our back on God. There was a separation. And all through the Old Testament, all through the Old Covenant, we find ways that we're trying, trying to find our way back. We were talking about it at breakfast this morning. The old covenant is so complex because it's such a journey. It's such a long journey back from where we were. We had gone so far away. But you know, we come then to the new covenant. And that's what we celebrated on Friday. We don't just celebrate a religious figure. We don't just celebrate a good man that died for a good reason. We celebrate the new promise of Jesus. Amen? The new promise of Jesus. So the whole world is saying this morning, here's your Easter egg. Happy Easter. All the little chicks are all over Facebook and they're all happy Eastering. But this morning, this morning, Good Friday was good because we are celebrating the new covenant. And it, it, it heralds the end the fulfillment of the old covenant. It doesn't just wash it away. It fulfills. How many of you know that God is a God of purpose, a God of perfection? And let me say this this morning. Everything he does is beautiful. It's beautiful. And when I look at the old covenant and the new covenant, and when I look at Jesus, I see something miraculously beautiful so profound that none of us could have ever dreamt it up. None of us could have worked this out, could we? None of us could have even begun to to dream this up. At Calvary, on Friday, if you don't know Jesus, I want you to know this this morning. You might think, you know, what's it all about? Jesus died, he was a good man. They shouldn't have killed him, he was innocent. But let me tell you something, there's a whole lot more. We were separated from God because of our sin. There was a separation. God is holy. And we changed the status quo in Eden. And there was a separation. 
And I love the fact that even in Eden, when we were separated in the heart, in the father heart of God, there was a plan. There was a plan. I believe that when God watched Adam and Eve leave that garden, his heart was torn. It was broken. And in his heart was, I will restore them to me. And Jesus is the perfect fulfillment of that. And you know, we see that on the cross. At the end, this is a story we all know. And at the end, you know when Jesus says, it is finished. Let me tell you something. That was a declaration to humanity, to the heavenly places, and to hell itself. The new covenant is established in my blood. That's what he was saying. He wasn't saying, oh, thank goodness it's over. I'm about to die. Thank goodness my suffering is... That's not what it was about. If you think that's what it was about, you're wrong. He was saying, I have fulfilled. He was born to die for you. Jesus came knowing that he would die that horrific death for you. For you, whoever you are. For you, for me. He would die that death for you. And when he said that on the cross, what did he say? Listen, bear with me. It says in the original. Now, I know Jeffrey's going to correct me on this. Tetelestai, right? But that's a verb. It comes from the verb telio, which is a bit easier for me. But you know what it means? It doesn't mean, thank goodness it's over. Hello? It doesn't mean I'm so relieved that my suffering is coming to an end. It doesn't mean that, oh, death is a relief. It means I have brought it to an end to complete and to accomplish. And it is a crucial word, listen to this quote, because it signifies the successful end to a particular course of action. It's a word that you would use if you climbed Mount Everest. It's a word that you would use when you turn in the final copy of your dissertation. It's the word you use when you make a final payment on your car. It's a word you use when you cross the finish line on your marathon. That's the word. The word, the word means much more than I, I survived. The word doesn't mean it's over. You don't run across the finish line and go, oh, I'm so glad that's over. I, I never want to talk about that marathon again. You're going to stand there forever and say, I did that. I was successful. I fulfilled that which I set out to do. And though it looks like an unmerciful cry, it looks so harsh when we see all the, the drama of it and we see it in the fullness of what it was. Jesus saying, it is finished in all that suffering. Let me tell you something this morning. <laughs> Let me tell you something this morning. It was a declaration. It wasn't a submission. It was a declaration that it was finished. It is accomplished. The covenant is now fulfilled. And here is the new covenant. Wow. I don't know about you, but I thank God. I thank Jesus every day for what he did. I thank him every day for that salvation. I thank him every day that I can go near to God, that I can speak to God, that I can love the Lord, that I can know them because of Calvary because I don't have to do any rituals. I don't have to say any special prayer. I walk in the name of Jesus. I walk in the, in the banner of those words. It is finished. I walk in the accomplishment of his blood this morning. 
And that is an amazing place to be. But let me tell you this. This is what I want to talk about this morning. What if it stopped there? So, man is afar from God. We are separated. We spend thousands of years in the Old Testament trying to work it out trying to keep this covenant, this old covenant, trying to do all the rituals, trying to walk the right way, trying to talk the right way, sacrificing animals, spilling blood, trying to cleanse our sins constantly. Then Jesus comes and he's, he dies on the cross, the, the spotless Lamb of God, slain for the world, for the sin of the world. Why didn't it stop there? Because surely that's enough. We are redeemed. The price is paid. The ransom is paid. Our kidnapper has to release us. He's paid the price. Why did it continue? Why did it have to go on? Why wasn't that just the end of the story? Let me say this this morning, if you remember nothing else I say. Friday, Calvary, the sacrifice dealt with the past. Jesus, in that moment, said the past is finished. Let's put this behind us now. This is the new day. This is the new covenant. This is the way it is. And on the second day, he goes into hell and takes back the keys. You know why? Because it is finished. Because I've done it. And you know, in, in, the enemy had the keys. He had the keys. So on earth, he has accomplished it. Now he will go anywhere to take his authority back because he has done it. And he goes to hell and he walks in and he says, you've got my keys and I want them back. Give me those keys back. Let me tell you something. I want to say this this morning. I was reading this morning. Billy Graham said this, and it's brilliant. I can't stop thinking about it. He said, God didn't make hell for you. God did not make hell for us. So when people say to you, how can a God that loves us send us to hell? God has never sent anyone to hell. Our sin has sent us to hell. We chose to go from a heavenly place of dwelling with God and fellowship with God and we chose to go and stay in a different hotel. We said, I wonder what's on that side of the fence. And we had it good. We had everything. And it was our decision to step over. God made hell for Satan and for all of his fallen angels. It was never meant to be for us. So the next time someone asks you why such a good God would do that, he didn't do it for you. In a sense, he did. He did it to bind the one that had taken you, the one that had tried to deceive you, to protect you. He was doing it to, to put him back where he belonged. And on the second day, Jesus, having won the victory at Calvary, having atoned for the sins of the world, goes into hell and says, you've got something that belongs to me. That was Satan's first shock. I want you to imagine for a minute what it was like behind the doors of hell that day. What, what's happening? There's somebody here. It, it, this isn't somebody. Who, who is that? There's somebody coming through the gates. Who is that? I, I don't know. Who is that? Where did he go? Oh my gosh, something feels different here. Who is he? What's happening? Oh my gosh, there's something going on in here. What's happening? No, it's the Son of God. It's Jesus. 
and he walks in full authority into that desperate darkness and says, give me back the keys because I didn't make hell for my children. You wanted to drag them into your horrific oblivion and now I will take back the keys. That was their first shocker. They thought he was still in the tomb. They thought a couple of Roman soldiers could hold him there, but he was already there knocking on their door, knocking on their door, saying, do you remember me? Because we've got a score to settle. Oh, I thank Jesus. Oh, Jesus, you are awesome, Lord, what you've done for us. So Calvary deals with the past. Saturday deals with the present, deals with Satan and where he's at. Sunday. Sunday. Oh, that deals with your future. That deals with our future. That deals with our future. What if it stopped there? Why didn't he just go and say, okay, it's done. Let them all have faith in me. Let them all believe in me. I told them what would happen, so why do I need to go back and tell anybody? Let me tell you something. The second shocker for hell was Sunday morning. Oh, they thought he might take the keys and go back where he came from and say, well, when he left with the keys, they were like, well, thank God he's gone. Hopefully that's over. That's not, shut the gates. Just shut the gates. Let's just regroup and re-strategize, see where we go from here. Let's work all this out. Think about it. This is real. This is real. Okay, he, he, he's up and about. He, he's got the keys. What are we going to do now? What's going to happen now? Let me tell you something. That was one sleepless night in hell. Oh, that was one sleepless night in hell. And listen, Friday night was party night. Saturday night was a sleepless night. Oh, it was a worry. What next? What next? What's he going to do next? What's going to happen next? And nobody, nobody, not one of us could have written what happened next. How could we have seen what he would do? He rose for your future. Because to that point, we were without hope. To that point, death was something to be feared. But now it's nothing to be feared. Because he wanted you and I to see with our own eyes that he had conquered. That resurrection Sunday morning is a visual representation of what, everything that had gone on for the last two days. Jesus, the Messiah, had overcome. He had overcome. And this is your future. This is your future. If you choose it to be. That's a choice. And can I tell you something this morning? We live in a day and an age where young people are without hope. They walk around like it's Friday afternoon. They walk around like hope has been taken. They walk around like there's no hope. It's a dark day. That was a dark day. And we have generations living in that dark day. And it is our duty, it is our privilege, it is our honour to walk as children of a Sunday morning. It is an honour to walk as children of the resurrection. But you are carriers of that resurrection. 
Jesus on Sunday morning dealt with our future. That's the good news. Why? Why else? When he rose from the dead, it was a declaration to hell. And it was a declaration to mankind. Welcome to the future. When they went to that tomb, when they were shaking in fear because they had seen such atrocities, they had seen such horror. We don't think for a minute if somebody takes someone you love, wrongly accuses them. I've stood many times and seen people wrongly accuse people I love and it hurts, but imagine taking it to that extent. And you know, I've been inside that tomb. I stood there. And I looked at the place where those angels would have sat. And I would imagine before those women got there, they were saying, could they ever imagine what they're about to find? This is going to be amazing. (laughs) Do you ever have a surprise for someone and you're holding it? They're sitting in an empty tomb. Those angels are there waiting. Like, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? He's gone. Here's amazing news. Welcome to the future. Welcome to your future. Everything is changed because of Calvary and because of Sunday morning. If you don't know Jesus this morning, if you watch all this, if you see the Easter celebrations everywhere and you think he was just a good man, without, without that resurrection, he could be just stamped as a martyr. But because of that resurrection, we acknowledge him as Messiah. We acknowledge him as the future. We acknowledge him as the atonement for our sins. We acknowledge him as our future and as our freedom. And you can have that. I spent many years in fear. I spent many years in fear. And I realize now, I was living in a Friday afternoon. I loved Jesus, I knew Jesus, but I was afraid of everything. I was afraid of spiders. (laughs) I was afraid of suffering. I didn't want to see people I loved suffer. I used to lie awake at night. I I remember saying to my dad once, he was sitting on my bed and I was crying, I was about nine. And he said, what's wrong, love? And I said, dad, I don't think I could let them bury you when you die. How could I let them take you like that? I was so full of fear because I loved so greatly. I loved him so much. And I remember I carried that fear all the time. And I realize now I was living in a Friday afternoon. I wasn't living in Sunday morning. I was living in Friday and so many people today are living in a Friday afternoon. And then the day came when the Lord showed me. When the Lord showed me and said to me, welcome to Sunday morning. I woke up one day and the Holy Spirit and I had a chat. And he said, you know what, Sean? It's all done. It is finished. He climbed Everest for me. He endured all of that for me. Do you think Jesus was afraid? I think he was, maybe. 
we see it in his words when he says to Judas, as he's about to kiss him and hand him over, he says, just do it quickly. Do what you have to do. Let's just do this as quick as we can. That shows me the heart of the man in what he was about to face. And he did that for you. He did that for me. So that this generation doesn't have to be hopeless. So that we don't have to be hopeless. And yet we are walking around like Saturday never happened. We're walking around like we're still in Friday afternoon. Saturday was one thing. Sunday is another. Saturday dealt with the status quo. Saturday dealt with the mess we were in. But Sunday deals with the glorious future that we walk in every single day. Every day. Every day. C.S. Lewis says, I love C.S. Lewis, to preach Christianity meant to the apostles primarily to preach the resurrection. The resurrection is the central theme in every Christian sermon in Acts. The resurrection and its consequences. The consequences. Isn't that lovely? Of the, of the resurrection were the gospel. The consequences of the resurrection are our gospel. Life in the midst of death. Overcoming in the midst of defeat. Without the resurrection, Jesus is merely a martyr. But with the resurrection is victory. It is the declaration of heaven. Listen, the resurrection is the declaration of heaven that the past was finished on Friday and the future began on Sunday. It began. I want to ask you this morning, are you walking in the past? I was for a long time. Are you walking in guilt? Are you walking in condemnation? Are you walking in fear? Are you walking in the old ways that you have to do so much? Or are you resting in the resurrection of Jesus? Are you resting in the sacrifice of Jesus? Are you walking in the fullness of the resurrection of Jesus? Because it is the declaration of heaven that the past is finished. The old covenant is accomplished. It is fulfilled. Jesus said to them, this is the new covenant in my blood. That's why he said it. In other words, welcome to a new day. Welcome to a new day. A day they didn't fully understand. They didn't fully grasp, but they would because we have all those epistles that show us that they did grasp it. Oh, they grasped it. They clung to it. They ran with it and they held it. Easter doesn't stop on Friday. Easter just begins on Friday. We have Saturday and we have Sunday. And this morning, as you leave this place, this Easter Sunday, as we celebrate and mark the death and resurrection of our Saviour, as those doors open this morning, we have an opportunity to walk into the future. Walk into the future. Do you know what your future is? It is hope. It is wholeness. It is healing. 
It is freedom. It is forgiveness. It is eternity. It is restoration. It is Jesus. He is everything. And that's what happened when he rose from the dead. He went then and he spent time with them and he showed them who now he was. So you can leave this place with a Friday afternoon kind of mood or you can leave this place with a Sunday morning kind of mood. You can leave this place singing and dancing and leaping and rejoicing for what he's done and for the future that he has given you. Remember this, Friday dealt with the past, Saturday dealt with the present, but Sunday dealt with the future. Isn't that amazing? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.